0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, March 4th. Coming up on the show today, we've got a massive final weekend of SEC basketball. Nashville SC gets back on the pitch in their second match of the season. Jeremy K. Gover on the Gold Standard Podcast tries to explain exactly what has gone wrong for this Nashville Predators team over the last month and a half. But we begin with the Combine and what you should be paying attention to as it pertains to scouting NFL prospects. If you own a home, make sure you remember the name The Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. They are Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. And it is the only name you need to know before you make any big decisions about your house. That's The Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So the NFL Combine is this weekend, of course, ongoing. We've already talked a little bit about the news-ish that John Robinson made by commenting on the quarterbacks and how they might be targeting one somewhere along the lines in the first, second, third rounds. Something along those lines for the Tennessee Titans. I I just want to make sure that people understand how they should be watching the Underwear Olympics in Indianapolis because, frankly, I just don't care. Give me the spreadsheet With all the data after the fact, because what I don't care about and what's not important is how fast you run in a straight line or how many times you bench 225 pounds. Funny thing about good football players is that they are good at football. And when you watch them in games, you can tell that they're good or not. And I think that's where John Robinson has done an excellent job scouting. I I don't know how you guys love or watch the Combine, but it is not something that I care about. In fact, go listen to Erin Dugan of Fringe Element, her explanation of when she was up there shooting documentaries for some Vanderbilt Vanderbilt players, Jawan Williams, for example, at just how creepy and weird and disturbing the entire process can actually be, in particular for the athletes. I don't think it's that great for the fans. I don't think it's that great for the athletes. I'm not even sure what you learn as a team, The interviews are important and the medical evaluations are important, but I'm not really sure if the Combine delivers a whole lot for anybody as it pertains to the process of actually building a football team. So if you're watching the Combine this weekend, God bless you. Good for you. I could not care less. I'd much rather watch Tennessee, Arkansas, Nashville SC on Saturday. I'd rather watch John Morant this weekend, the Predators. There's so much other stuff going on. Give me the spreadsheet Don't tell me about the 40-time, just give me the spreadsheet. That's all I care about because that's really what matters is how good you are at at football on the field. I, I know, I know, it's a crazy thought, but being good at football is what makes you a good football player. And I know there's a lot of examples of players who tested well at the Combine, who got drafted highly and were terrible and vice versa. People that didn't test well, but you know what, are really good at football. So trust your eyes, trust the tape, trust game film. That is what matters. What happens in Indianapolis this weekend and how big your hands are, just not that important. It is March and that means college basketball and we enter the final weekend of the regular season with four teams in reach of the regular season SEC championship. Auburn at 14-3 and three is one game up on Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee all sitting one game back at 13-4. and four. The Tennessee Volunteers, to have a chance, of course, at that one seed in the SEC, will have to beat number 14 Arkansas, a team that has won a boatload of games in a row here. The Razorbacks, of course, beat Tennessee back in Bud Walton Arena in Fayetteville just last week. If you want to hear a preview of, of that matchup, you can listen to yesterday's episode. Josh Ward from WNML gave us a nice breakdown. But Tennessee at home, Thompson Bowling, a chance to go undefeated in conference at home and pick up a top 15 win and give themselves a chance at an SEC regular season championship, so a lot on the line in the SEC when it comes to Tennessee and Arkansas. Kentucky will be on the road against Florida. They also could tie for first place. In the SEC, of course, if Auburn beats South Carolina at noon on SEC Network, Auburn will clinch the SEC regular season championship and would be their 15th win in the regular season in SEC play. So we've got four Final Four caliber teams, four teams vying for that number one regular season championship in the SEC. Should be a fantastic weekend, final weekend of action in college hoops. And of course, March Madness, Selection Sunday, the SEC tournament, all kicks off next week. It's going to be a ton of fun. So keep an eye, of course, on the SEC standings in college hoops this weekend. The Nashville Predators have a huge game this weekend against the San Jose Sharks. Just 28 games left to go in the regular season and just eight to go until the trade deadline. And the Nashville Predators, over the last five and a half weeks or so, are 6-9-2. This is no longer a bad streak or a bad stretch. It is now a month and a half of below 500 hockey for this Predators franchise. Some of that is a regression to the mean. They were playing too well early for too long. That's not really who they were. I've always believed this Predators team is a wild card team, and now they are in the wild card spot, but it also means they're in a dogfight to make the playoffs. They're good enough to do so. So while some of this is a regression to the mean, Jeremy K. Gover, of course, on the Gold Standard podcast this week, I asked him, what do you think has gone wrong? What has changed with this Nashville Predators team that has led to them playing below 500 hockey now for almost two months?
1: So I tend to gravitate towards psychology uh, in, in a group collective setting. I tend to do that. I don't know, again, if that's just my personal baggage or whatever. But for me, I think of like how this is a young team there's, there's veteran leaders. Okay. Like Yossi, right. Forsberg is young, but he's he's been around the league forever. You know, Johansson, right. Duchesne, there's some veteran players, but for the most part, this is a young team and the nucleus is young. Okay. So the star power may be veterans, but the nucleus is young. I think they got started off on such a heater through the season and they sustained it and they sustained it again through January, whatever the date was 10th or whatever the Colorado game was. And it was like, Oh, all right. Like, like, Screw them! Everybody was saying we weren't a playoff team. Look at us now—we're this and that, right? And all of a sudden, as a group, somehow—I'm not saying it was spoken, but just somehow—they were like, "We're doing well. We're th- we're good." And something is yep. amiss, whether it be the hunger or whether it be the
0: drive
1: or whether it be the, the paying attention and practice, whatever. It's something. Something is different because. Over this, again, now you said five and a half weeks. Over that length of time, we've seen more stupid penalties taken. And we've seen lazier penalties taken. Mikhail Grandlin, we've talked about this. He, ne- he is the hardest worker on the ice when he's out there. You notice him every single time. And yet, he is the one taking his hand off a stick, wrapping it around a guy, getting yeah, a holding penalty. Yeah. So, something is amiss. And, I, and I, I would more or less gravitate towards... Yes, they've regressed to the mean. I would I would give you that. And we kind of worried about that the whole time. And like, December, we were like, oh, are they ever going to regress to the mean? This is what we're playing above their station, this and that. Right. So, yes, they've done that. But if you're looking for something that has changed or clicked or whatever, I think it's a psychological... I think it's of the psychological nature. I think something has happened where they have got overconfident or they took something... For, whatever it is.
0: I actually think he's pretty right about this. I, I, I don't know if it's just youthful exuberance it's a young team and they have to learn to win by losing I I don't know if there's I don't think they're resting on laurels or not trying hard but there is something there psychologically that this team is different they there's some regression to the mean I believe that they just weren't as good as some of the first place teams in the NHL when they were in first place and I think playing at that really high clip was unsustainable, and now they've regressed back to the mean. But this is it. Now is time to flip the switch and go back into gear. They don't have to be an elite team. I don't think they are an elite team. I think they're a wildcard team. And if they make the playoffs, in theory, they'll be ahead of schedule. But now is the time for the National Predators. You have eight games left until the trade deadline where you have to decide what you're doing with Philip Forsberg. And that is going to dictate so much of the future of this franchise. This is it right now you got Dallas and Anaheim next week on the schedule, and those two teams are right behind you in the standings. If you don't flip the switch and stop the skid now, you're going to run out of time. So this weekend against San Jose, huge game. you, you got to start finishing with two points. you got to beat Dallas and Anaheim next week, and whatever it is that's happened between the ears for the Nashville Predators, I agree with Gover. They need to sort it out. I know it's only game two of a very long season, but the MLS is here, and Nashville SC has already made waves with a big win over Seattle on the road in week one. Of course, they're back on the pitch, that's right, against Minnesota United FC on Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. And if you check out the Club and Country podcast, you will notice a brand-new title sponsor for that show, ML Rose. We will be out there again on Saturday for the watch party against Minnesota. So, again, it's early in the season. We know they're going to be away on the road for eight straight games to get started. They're already ahead of schedule in terms of collecting points. But another big one, if they can get another result, to start the season two in a row, that stadium opening, that grand opening coming up on May 1st is going to be massive. Again, ML Rose, your official watch party for the Club and Country podcast and 440 Sports, so make sure you come on out, grab yourself a beer and a burger on Saturday, 5 p.m., Minnesota United against Nashville SC up in Minneapolis. Make sure you remember the name the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Of course, the 440 brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. If you own a home and you're going to make some big decisions about a renovation or a custom build, all you need to know is the name, the Kingston Group. Give them a call. Check out their work. Buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you check out the YouTube page. Make sure you're following on the socials at 440 Sports, of course, at Braden Gall as well. Thank you guys all for listening. Have a wonderful and amazing and spectacular weekend. You know the drill. Kick your heels up and have a cocktail. Enjoy yourselves, everybody. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Friday, March 4th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler.